Will you put your hands together and help me welcome the family into the house? We're so glad you're with us on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Church Online platform, all that good stuff. And uh, even if you're watching this later in the week on demand, we are still glad that you're with us and we know that you will be back with us as soon as possible. Now, to next Sunday, let me just say this, next Sunday starts what I call the trifecta of Sundays. Next Sunday starts Servolution, which is absolutely amazing. And yes, we do have the big the if, group events that uh, Patty talked about that you can sign up for in your app. But next Sunday, we are going to give you a little packet. And in this pack, every single person, in this packet, one of the really important things in there is hard, cold cash. All right? We're giving cash to everybody at South Point for you to go out into the community at your leisure. Um, that's leisure for us in Mississippi. Um, at your leisure, all right? And to just throughout the week to bless people and to just show them God's love in a practical way because we know that individually you're going to run into more people than we are corporately. You know, we'll do these groups, but you have people that you're going to come in contact with that I fully believe that the Holy Spirit is going to put in your path next week specifically to be shown God's love in a practical way. So don't miss next Sunday. That's awesome. And then the next Sunday, is this little thing we like to do now and then. Of course, we skipped it last year. <laughs> Easter's. Easter's, we're doing Easter. And in your worship guide, you have this advertisement for Easter Sunday. The bone doctor is the message that I'm giving. And uh, bring somebody with you. Okay. Let me just stand strong. Bring someone with you. Don't come alone. We are going to celebrate Jesus Christ and his resurrection, and it is going to be amazing. we got a great service plan, great time plan. So bring somebody with you to enjoy that. And then you say, well, trifecta is three, Pastor Craig. Where's the third? The Sunday after Easter is this little thing we like to do called water baptism. And so, yeah, and we're doing it back old school like we used to at the end of the service, so you want to be a part of that. If you haven't been water baptized, then, hey, Sign up out there. Sign up online. There's ways you can do that. You can figure it out. You're smart people. Okay. Y'all ready? I am too. So we are in the middle of this series called Christ Queries. We're looking at these questions that Jesus asked. And when you start looking at the four Gospels, when you start looking at the biographies of Jesus you realize that Jesus led with questions. There's over a hundred documented questions that Jesus asked. And it weren't, they weren't like throwaway questions. Every question was serious and impactful and, and life-changing for those people. And so we're taking this series and we're looking at a couple of those, we're looking at a couple of those questions and what that looks like. And questions are huge, right? Some of you, in fact, I would say most of you. In fact, four out of five pastors agree that today, before you leave this house, you are going to be asked a question. And four out of five pastors also agree that it's all going to be the same question. And here's the question you're going to receive, whether it's in this room, it'll probably be in the lobby. A couple of you will make it to your cars before this question is asked. But somebody in your group, whether it be your spouse, your lover, your best friend, whatever it be, they're going to ask you, where do you want to go eat? And 99.9% .9 of you, because I've taken the survey, 99.9% .9 of you are going to respond to that question with, I don't care. And that's a lie. Because you do. Because everybody cares about what they eat. You care. You say, no, I really don't. No, that's not true. How do I know that? Because then you could say, well, I don't care. You say, well, let's go to Domino's. 
no, I don't want that, then you should have answered the question. The truth of the matter is, the reason you don't answer the question, it's not that you don't care. That's not true. You would rather tolerate a restaurant that is not your first choice than actually slow down and take the time and spend the emotional energy to actually honestly answer a question. Questions do something to us. They make us stop for a second and be honest with ourselves. That's what a question is. I have to be honest. If I'm going to really be honest, if I'm going to really answer the question as simple as, where do I want to go eat? I have to stop and spend some emotional energy to think, where do I want to eat? What do I want to eat? You know, and I look at me and what's going on. And Jesus asked these questions. And get this, Jesus asked all these questions, okay? And it was never to receive information. He already knew. Right? In John 4, there's a story. If you haven't read it, you can go. It's in John chapter 4. We call it the woman at the well. And she comes, and just real quick, Jesus says, Hey, lady, where's your husband? And she says, I don't have a husband. And Jesus says, You're right. Like she didn't know, right? He said, You're right. In fact, you've had five husbands, and the man you're living with now is not your husband. Good job. You answered correctly. Jesus already knew the answer before he asked the question. Why did he ask the question? He asked questions for the person or the group of people to slow down and process what's going on in them. Okay, now last week we looked at the question, do you believe? Jesus asked two blind guys, hey, do you believe? And the whole talk was about faith. If you, didn't, if you weren't here, you didn't watch it, I would recommend you watch that. Today we're going to look at this question that Jesus asked this guy, a, a paralyzed, crippled, disabled man that's been crippled for 38 years, and Jesus looks at him and says, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made well? Okay, now before I even jump into this, before we read this story, here's what I need you to do. Today, whether you are in-house, watching online, or watching on demand, I, I want you to do this. I want you to listen to the rest of this message. I'm preaching for another 23 minutes and 30 seconds, okay? I have a clock. Aren't you glad your preacher has a clock? Everybody say, mm-hmm. <laughs> for the next 23 minutes, I want you to process, I want you to listen to this message through the lens, your lens of your long-term disability. I'm going to slow down here. For, I want you to do this. I want you to literally right now pull up in your brain your long-term issue. Not an issue that popped up last week or last month. No, no. The long-term issue that you've been dealing with for a long time. It could be maybe, let me just give you some examples. Maybe it's depression. Maybe you're here and you deal with depression and you are on antidepressants or maybe you're not. But you, I mean, you deal with this and you've been dealing with it for a long time and that, it's not like you want to be depressed. You know, you don't wake up in the morning and go, you know, today I'm just going to continue with this depression thing. It's working great. No, you don't want to be it. You feel that black cloud come over you, but you're just depressed and you deal with it every single day. Or maybe you're anxious. Maybe you have anxiety. Maybe you deal with, maybe you deal with panic attacks and night terrors and, and you don't want it. You know, you're not like, you know, I love being anxious all the time and you never, no, you don't do that. And you have this problem and you got the faith and all that, but you're still dealing with this long-term problem of anxiety, night terrors, panic attacks, or, or maybe you, you deal with overeating. You know, you say, well, where'd that come from? Because, and you know you need to eat healthier, you need to be healthier, you need to be allowed around longer for your kids and your family, and you just, you don't really say anything about it because it's one of those things, but it's just, it's just, you know that you should probably back up from the eating so much. 
Okay? Or maybe it's overspending. Maybe you just can't, you can't stop. Like Amazon knows you by first name. You know what I'm saying? And you just you can't stop. And you know it's a problem, but you don't really talk about the problem. It's just something you, you deal with. Or maybe it's a broken relationship. Maybe it's a wounded relationship. Maybe you have daddy issues. And I don't say that in like tongue-in-cheek like joke. I mean, you might really have deep-seated father issues or a struggle because that relationship was broken and it's never been fixed. There's never been healing. And so you've gone on for years with a broken relationship, and it's a long-term issue that's in your life. Or maybe it's a marriage that when you started out, there was passion. Come on, all marriages start out in passion, right? That's why you got married to begin with. And so it starts out with that, but then over time, maybe your marriage has just gotten to the point where there's no passion in the home. It's just a struggle. Every single day, you just struggle with that issue and you have this long-term thing. Or maybe it's physical. Maybe you have chronic headaches. or What, what, what is your long-term issue? And if you say, I don't have one, your long-term issue is called denial. <laughs> it might be insecurity. What, what, what is your long-term? We all have one. And so here's what I want you to do. I'm getting ready to read this story and we're going to dive into this. I need you to individually listen to everything I'm getting ready to say through the lens of your long-term disability. Okay, can you do that today? You guys are really with me. You're all, like all of you nodded. That was brilliant. Okay, you guys, this is awesome. I'm excited. Are y'all excited? Okay, here's the story. John chapter five. Okay, maybe that's a little more excited than I should have been for people nodding their heads, but it, it ministered to me. All right, so here's the story. John chapter five. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the sheep gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, one translation says hundreds of people, crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches underneath the coverings. Okay. So what you might ask, why are these people here? Why is there this conference for blind, lame, handicapped people? What's going on? Okay, here's the first thing. Five porches. The five porches are, are symbolic of the, of the Torah. The five first books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. The Jewish, Jewish nation, the Hebrews called that the law. And so the sick people were symbolically covered by the law, laying next to this thing, tradition says, the pool of Bethesda. Okay, And so here's the tradition of the pool of Bethesda. The, the tradition said that now and then, not a scheduled time or day, now and then an angel would come down and stir the water up, bubbling, gurgling, all that, and the first person in the pool got healed instantly. That's pretty cool, right? Now, my silly church mind, when I first heard this story, I start thinking, you guys should read your Bible, it's amazing, and then use your imagination, but I start thinking, all right, if the first one gets healed, and you know it's a race to get in the water, right? You know you know it's a race. So if the first one gets healed, what happens to the second guy that doesn't know how to swim, but he dove in anyway? You know what I'm saying? Like, Blake only has one leg, and then you got Ladarius who's paralyzed from the waist down, and the water gurgles and burbles, and Ladarius starts rolling over to the pool, right? And old Blake, he's hopping on, and Ladarius is like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to beat Blake. And Blake is like, no, you wait. And Blake gets in. He beats Ladarius by a leg. And they all shout and rejoice because Blake is swimming to the top. He's all good. He's like, whoop, whoop. And then somebody's like, Hi, where's Ladarius? And they're like, he's in there. Well, somebody dive in and get him. I can't, I'm blind, I'm lame, I'm paralyzed. 
Way to go, Blake. Right, okay. So that's how I think it's done. All right, so they're at this pool. Sorry, man. I just, I love the Bible. Okay. They're at this pool and all these sick people, all this stuff waiting for the gurgle and the burble of the water. One of the men lying there had been sick for, now say this with me. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, and here's the question, would you like to get well? And that seems to be the silliest question ever. Would you like to get well? That's like asking a hungry man, would you like a sandwich? Right? A poor guy, would you like 20 bucks? That's like the wife asking the husband, you want to get busy tonight? The answer is always yes. Silly questions, silly questions. I can't, sir. Now notice, he doesn't answer Jesus' question. I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up. Pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cursed, cured, I'm sorry, said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry your sleeping mat. But he replied, hey, y'all, listen. The man who healed me told me to do it. I picked up my mat and I walked. One moment with Jesus changed this guy forever, forever, forever. Now, I've learned, I've learned a few things about long-term issues because I'm with you. We all have long-term issues. And there's a few things with long-term issues, and you can fill in the blank. We need to get on the same page with this. Long-term, the longer a problem persists, the more discouraged you become. I think you would agree with, I think, you know, if you're going to be honest with yourself and you're still looking through that lens, the longer you have an issue, anytime you have an issue that starts as the issue, you're not discouraged. You've you got faith, it's, this God can fix this, this can be better, you know, whatever. But the longer it continues, it, discouragement sets in. You say, well, that's not very Christian. I'm just being honest with you. You, you get discouraged because you've been praying or trying or counseling, whatever the situation is, to get away from this, and you feel like there should be change, and when the, the longer there's no change, you just get discouraged, if we're going to be honest. You don't want me to lie to you, do you? You really don't. Okay, I can come up with some doozies. Here's the second one. The first one, you get discouraged. The longer it persists, you just get discouraged. Here's the second one. The longer a problem persists, the more excuses you tend to make. The longer it persists, the more excuses you tend to make. And not only excuses, but we like to put those excuses and blame others. Because <laughs> if I can blame somebody else for my issue, for my problem, for my handicap, then here's the deal. It lightens my load for what I'm carrying, because it's all me anyway, right? But it lightens my load because now you're carrying part of my blame. And I use that as an excuse. Man, you see this in the, in the broken relationship thing that we talked about at the beginning? When there's broken relationships, it is so easy and a little bit satisfying to say, yeah, but you don't know what they did. And the longer, oh, it's, it's real quiet in here. Just wait, there's more. All right, and so the longer it persists, the more we make excuses, think about it, the more excuses we make. If your long-term issue is pornography, you make, issue, you make excuses of, well, it's not hurting anybody, or it's this, or it's that, and you make excuses to excuse your behavior. 
The, and the longer it goes on, the more excuses and the more blame we cast to others. Aren't you glad you came to church today? Now, I don't want to be, okay, I don't want to be hard on this guy that's been handicapped for 38 years. We don't, I mean, you know, you want to say things or whatever. I don't want to be too hard on him, but I've never been lame or handicapped for 38 years. I mean, that's a long time. I, the longest I've ever been crippled was eight months when I shot my toe off. That's a story for another day. It's a true story. Another day, another time. But I was handicapped. I mean, I was like, physical therapy, crutches, wheelchair, all this stuff for eight months, and it was horrible. So I can't imagine 38 years. But this is what I think in my mind, again, me and my little imagination, I think if I was that guy for 38 years, I would do everything in my power to get my butt in that water. I would you say, but Craig, he was paralyzed or crippled or something's wrong. Then, then scooch do a butt scooch, roll like Ladarius, you know what I mean? Whatever you got to do, I would do everything in my power. But here's, here's what he said and what he did and what so many of us get to say when, we, when we're in a situation for a, a longer period of time is, I have nobody to help me. I have, nobody understands what I'm going through. Nobody, if I had different people around me, if I had a better church, if I had a better family, if I, the, the nothing is really changing because of the people around me. If I, if I could have, I don't have a good job because I didn't get a college degree. It's always, it's always, if I had their, if I had their blessings that they had growing up, then I would be in a position that they're in, but I'm just not because I wasn't raised like them. And we always have these excuses and these things. And this guy's like, I don't have anybody to put me in the water. We like to do the excuses and the blame. Okay, you ready for the third one? Y'all were a lot, a lot happier before I started. Okay. The first one, the longer a situation persists, you get, you get what? You get discouraged. The second one is the longer a situation persists, the more excuses we make, the more blame we cast. And here's the third one. The longer the problem persists, the more you tend to compensate. I haven't lost my place. Just hold on a second. Let this, let this, let this sink in. Because um, if I haven't upset you or made you mad yet, I'm getting ready to. The longer the problem persists, the more you tend to compensate. Some of you are very high-level functioning alcoholics because you've learned to compensate. You, 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 you're still at work. Nobody knows anything different is going on, and you're good. Does it cause more stress in the home and in your marriage? Yes, absolutely. Does it cause more stress and issues in your life? Yes, but you've learned to compensate and change things to support the long-term issue. Or maybe yours is overspending, and you've learned to compensate for the overspending. You, you, you look at the Joneses, you're always trying to keep up with the Joneses and all that's going on, and you're moving money behind the scenes, you're moving money from this credit card to that credit card, you're ordering this, you're doing that, you're doing that, and, and you're, on the surface, it's, you're like a duck. On the surface, everything's calm and collected, that duck's sitting on the water just trolling around, and underneath you are paddling like crazy, right? Just going crazy, trying to keep everything afloat, trying to keep everything going. 
or it's, or it's the marriage, right? The marriage, there's, there's things that you've just compensated. Well, we're still together for the kids, or we're still together because of this, or I'll do this because of this. And you're living in an environment that is just dark and not healthy when it started out with love and passion and till death do us part. And now you're just compensating and living in the same area. You're more like roommates than you are married. And we just compensate for these things. And that's why Jesus looks at this guy and he's like, hey, do you want to be made well? Do you, do you want that? Yes or no? See, one, here's, here's the deal. One of the biggest issues, one of the biggest issues to our, our, to our faith, one of the biggest issues that comes against our faith is this thing called familiarity. We get so familiar with an environment that's messed up, dark, whether it's addictions or what, and we just, we get used to it, and we just live that life, and it becomes normal to us, but the crazy thing is, everybody outside of you looks at you and goes, man, I really hope they get their crap together, right? And we just learn to compensate, and that's what this dude did. This dude, for 38 years, every morning he would get his mat, and he would go to the pool of Bethesda. How he got there? We don't know. He might have called an Uber. I don't know. I need a handicap accessible camel, please. I don't know how he got there. But for 38 years, this guy goes to the pool and he rolls out his mat because he didn't have anybody to help him. And he, he, he just lays there. I need to take a nap anyway. That's a lot of preaching. He lays there for 38 years. Nobody will help me. If I had better people around me, I would do better. If I had better situations, if I had a leg up when I was 12, when I was seven, I would just be a better person. Nobody around me. 38 years. That's a, that's a long time. Okay, for us, just to put that in perspective, because some of you just, you hear 38 and you just move on. 38 years for us, 1983. Come on, some of you think back. Some of you are like, I can't think back that far. I was just a sperm and an egg separate. I just wasn't. 38 years. Ronald Reagan was president. We had people listen to music on these things called cassette tapes, and they put them in this brand new invention in 1983 called a Sony Walkman. Some of you don't even know what that is. There were no personal computers. There was no internet. This thing, internet, Al Gore hadn't invented it yet. There was no internet at all. There were no, okay, I'm gonna blow some of your minds. Some of you remember this. There were no mobile phones, no cellular phones. Every home in America, come on, you know, had that one phone attached to the wall with the 35-foot spiral cord that stretched to every room in the house. My favorite thing was I would answer the phone for, and it would be for my sister and I would take it, stretch it all the way into the living room and say, it's for you. And then when she would reach for the phone, I would just let go and it would just go all the way back to the kitchen. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that was a long time ago, man. That was a long, 30, 38 years. Maybe yours hasn't been 38 years, but I bet it's been five years, 10 years, 20 years in the same disability, in the same issue, in the same problem. And here's what I've learned. Until your desire to be set free and to be made whole and to be healed becomes greater than your ability, greater than your disability, you will never find freedom. 
Some of you, instead of stepping out of your prison cell, you've decided to decorate it. And there's so many things that go, and that's why, Jesus, that's why Jesus asked this profound question. He says, do you want to be made whole? It's a, it's a real question, because Jesus knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that you can't help people that need help. You can only help people that want help. So do, do you really, do you really, and it's an honest question that he asked, and it's the question that he's still asking you today. Do, do you do you want to be made well, or are you comfortable in the prison that you've decorated? There's a guy that goes to church here. His name is Stacy Dodd, and uh, he, uh, his wife Stephanie, she runs the prayer thing over here, the Fresh Start stuff. Awesome couple. He just wrote a biography, auto, autobiography um, called Backpack to the Burbs, here, and it's in our merch store out in the lobby if you want it. But here, here's the deal. I read his book this week, last week. And I was just inspired. I felt like he was this mock guy at the pool. At seven years old, seven, I was seven years old, he started drinking and smoking weed. At seven. Of course, at, from seven you start doing that. It evolved into, right, it grew. Come on, it, it, just, it just grew. Before long he was doing meth. Before long he was doing cocaine, then crack cocaine. All of these things. And anytime you have that much, yes, there's a... I think four million stories, I might be exaggerating, of running from the police and just being in, in and out of jail, you know, in and out. One DUI, two DUI, three DUI. He ends up later in life with all of these DUIs and finally facing prison. And he's sentenced to several years in prison. And while he's in prison, he, he gets clean, obviously, because they, they weren't cooking meth in his section of the jail, in the prison. Um, that was the next block over. And so he gets clean off of drugs, and he meets this man named Jesus, and his life is transformed. And you might say, oh, that's just one of those jailhouse salvation stories. Okay, but then he gets out, and he's still walking the walk and talking the talk. Did everything go fine? No. Did that, was everything perfect? No. Was, was, he, was he ever tempted again? Yes, several times. But he kept making the right decisions all the time? No. But the point was he kept living his life in the same general direction, and that direction was named Jesus Christ. And his life changed and evolved, and he went, get this, he went from a seven-year-old starting addict all the way through this story, all of his life, until just Recent, I say recently over the last t 10 years, I guess, he, he started changing and he got jobs and good jobs. And now he is currently one of the vice presidents of Veritas Rehab Facility right here in South Haven. God is using, get, I love this story because God is using what he went through as a platform and a pulpit for him to change people's lives. And I'm, let me encourage you with this. It doesn't matter how long you've been down. It doesn't matter how long your child has been wayward. Listen, if you are following Jesus Christ, he has not left you or forsaken you. He has not abandoned you. He is still with you. If it's 38 years, he is still there. Don't you give up because Jesus said this. This is a prophecy about Jesus that he repeats it and agrees with it. In Luke, Isaiah 61, Jesus said, hey, I'm here to heal the wounds of the brokenhearted. To tell the captives, you're free. You're free. And to tell prisoners, be free from your darkness. Listen, Jesus Christ 
came. He died on the cross for us. The Bible says that he went and took the keys to death, hell, and the grave, and he holds the authority over everything. And the prison cell, the long-term situation, the long-term issue, your long-term disability that you feel like has locked you up, listen, he has unlocked the door to the prison cell that you're standing in, and he is waiting for you to walk out, but you have to walk out. The door is open. The door is open. Some of us don't realize the door is open because we're too busy admiring the decorations that we've put in our own jail cell. But he's opened the door. He's unlocked the door. But we have to do something. We have to step out. He says this. We read this earlier in the story. Jesus told him, come on, stand up and pick up your mat and walk. Jesus will always do his part. His part is he does for us what we can't do for ourselves, but he expects us to do what we can for ourselves. Does that make sense? And he says, come on, pick up your mat and what? Is there effort involved? That dude had to realize, if I'm going to get up after 38 years, I don't want to end up like Ladarius. Come on, somebody. It's going to take a little bit of an effort. And so some of you, it's going to take an effort. If you're in deep debt, can I tell you something? It's gonna take effort. God is not just gonna write you a check for a million dollars. I mean, I would like that a lot, but he's not. He wants you to take the effort. You know what? Come on, take the effort. I gotta cut up the cards. I might have to forget blocking porn sites. I need, I need to block Amazon. Some of you that hit too close to home, they're like, I can't block Amazon, Pastor. I got to do something. It takes effort. I'm addicted to this. Okay, then you need to do what you can do to stop the addiction. You're going to have to go through the withdrawals. You're going to have to go through the struggles. You, you might want to go to Celebrate Recovery every Thursday night right here. You might want to get in rehab. I don't know, but I know this. No matter what your long-term disability is, there is something that you can do to roll up your mat and walk out of the jail that he has already unlocked for you. And then that's when, okay, and that's when it gets so stinking cool because then you take your mat and your prison becomes your pulpit. And you walk out of that jail cell and people are like, hey, 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 yo. Where's Ladarius? I don't know. Hey, you, right there. Aren't you the guy that was at the porches for 38 years? Aren't you the guy, 38 years crippled? What happened to you? He said, man, you're never gonna believe this. This guy told me, he said, hey, pick up your mat. Do something and walk. You do what you can do. I'll do what I can do. And I, I actually did it. And look, here I am, healed and whole. And Jesus is looking at you right now this morning and asking the exact same question. Do you want to be well? Do you want to be put in the situation where you are free from your long-term issue and God and the Holy Spirit uses your old, long-term prison cell to actually minister and to change somebody else's life. Do you want to be made well? Let me give you one more encouraging thing. This made well, it's a Greek word. It's in your, it's in your uh, sermon notes, message notes. It'll be on the screen. And, and, and the Greek word for that phrase, made whole, is genestai. And, and here's what it is. It's, I'm gonna explain this real quick. It's, 
aorist middle infinitive, when you parse the verb. Okay, you're like, Craig, what does that matter? Okay, when we read this in English, we think, we think, be made well. Do you want me to heal you? In other words, you, we, this is wrong, but we process it like Jesus is saying, if you do this, if you pick up your mat, then I will heal you. That's future tense, right? That's not correct. It's, it's not, if you do this, I'll do this. No, Aorist Middle Infinitive says this, it's already been done. It's just sitting there. In other words, the prison cell is already open. You have already been given freedom over everything purchased through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's there for you. Do you want it or do you just want to not be well? It's nothing you have to work for. That should blow your mind and fry your noodle. You don't have to work for it. You just have to do something. Does that make sense? So here's what I want us to do today. I want us to take up our mat and walk. Now, I know everybody's not going to do this. And you're like, I don't have a mat. Actually, you do. In your worship guide, there is a blank piece of paper. You might have thought that was a mistake. It's not a mistake at all. Pull that blank piece of paper out. And here's what I want you to do. It's completely blank for a reason. You don't have to put your name on it, nothing like that. Just relax. We're getting ready to dismiss. And I want to give you the opportunity to pick up your mat and walk. Some of you have ignored this long-term issue, like I said, for so long. You're just compensating. But now we've brought it back up. I want to instill in you once again the faith that Jesus Christ is still on the throne. Don't be discouraged. Don't quit. Don't pass the blame on somebody else. Stand up, write whatever that is on that piece of paper. Come on, what is your long-term disability? What is the thing you've been struggling with? Be honest, you can fold it in half so nobody has to see. Completely said, and then when we dismiss, here's what I want you to do. If you're willing to do this, I want it to be a symbolic act. And I think you need to make it a symbolic act. Instead of walking that way first, the way you always walk every single Sunday, walk this way. Bring it down to one of these crosses and stick it on the nail and just leave it right there. And make, there'll be people down here to pray for you if you want prayer, but most of it's just, I just want, I really feel like some of you need to once again Look at your life through the lens of who Jesus Christ created you to be rather than through the lens of what you have created your life to be. And walk down here, and you can just say that prayer on the inside of you the whole time. Jesus, I am picking up my mat and walking. I have faith. I am believing in you, and I'm going to do whatever I can to walk out of this jail cell that I have been in for way too long. So if you've written that down, will you stand with me, if you will? I love you guys so much. So much. I'm going to pray, and then we can go two separate ways. If you don't want to do the mat thing, that's cool. You can go that way. But if you do, I encourage you to. Heavenly Father, right now, Lord, I love you. I love you so much. And Father, I know that every single person in this house, watching online, watching on demand, we we have issues. Oh, my goodness, we have so many issues. But Father, this morning, this morning we slow down. We listen to the words of faith that your word instills in us and we pick up our mat and we walk. We are choosing to walk out of this prison that we've been in in this area. We step into the freedom that you have for us and we thank you for it. And Lord, now as we walk out, we just ask that the words of our mouth 
Lord, the meditations in our heart, Lord, that they'll all be acceptable in your sight. You're our Lord, our strength, and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Have a great week, y'all. Love you.